1: Good evening and welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, broadcasting from the Cromer-Mashburn Family Studios at Public Radio WMKV. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and Real Life Real Estate is, as always, your public radio source for information and inspiration to start or grow your own real estate investing business. The Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati meets tomorrow evening, that is Thursday March the fifth at the usual location, the c a a building at Reading and Langdon Farm Road tomorrow night is guest night, which means anybody within listening distance of my voice or even if you're not, you're welcome to come to the meeting tomorrow evening. The early meeting at six o'clock is about how to get private lenders to help you finance your deals and. At 7.30, we have my guest this evening, Mr. Damon Remy from REI Black Book, who's going to talk about how to market your business online much, much better and, I guess, more importantly, more easily and efficiently than you are right now. You can get more information about that meeting at com. That's com. And again, it is guest night, so just walk in and say I heard that it's guest night, and I want to come to the meeting, and they will be happy to let you in. Uh, My guest tonight, as I just mentioned, is Damon Remy. Damon, after coming out of the military, got very interested in two things, mortgage brokering and technology, and he saw a gap out in the real estate investing world. The folks that uh, his mortgage company was making loans to every day seemed to him to be Sort of disorganized in the way in which they were tracking their leads and monitoring their websites and following up on things. And the tech side of him came out and said, "Wow, there should be there should be some sort of solution here." And as a result, he created uh, REI Black Book, which has become one of the nation's leading um, pieces of, of software for real estate investors over the last 10 years or so. He's, he's here today, though, to talk about something that he has learned in working with the REI Black Book program with real estate investors all over the country, and that is marketing mistakes that real estate investors are making just every single day of the week. He's joining us by phone from Columbus, Ohio, where he spoke last night. Uh, coming to Cincinnati tomorrow night, but actually uh, lives in the St. Louis, Missouri area. Welcome, Damon.
2: Well, thank you very much for for having me. Thank well, you, I appreciate it. I mean, looking forward to tonight's
1: call yes and and i am looking forward to seeing you uh, honestly again tomorrow since uh, you know we I, I saw you last night it was a great presentation by the way congratulations um, thank you y- you said something during that presentation though and and in an article that you sent me to send out to our subscribers that struck me so hard that I said, you know, this is what we need to talk about when we're, when we're on the show tonight. I know you didn't, you didn't have a whole bunch of time uh, to talk about in your evening presentation. So I, 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 this is, this is something that is so fundamental that I just want to get it through people's heads. Branding. Branding is, is this thing that you know, we, we learn about in, I don't know, marketing classes in college or marketing books that we read and, A lot of real estate investors go out and they say, well, I'm going to do that for myself. And they spend enormous amounts of energy and money doing this and it doesn't make them any money. So let's, let's talk first about uh, what we mean when we say branding, because I'm not sure everybody, you know, I I, I see a lot of people doing this, but maybe everybody doesn't know about it. And then we'll talk about why it's not a great idea for us and what to do instead.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know actually kind of the concept here actually there's a great quote from mark twain and he says what gets us into trouble is not what we don't know it's what we know for sure that just ain't so <laughs> and, and and so one of those things is is that brand is the most important thing in your marketing and so i see new investors and even even new small businesses really getting into the marketing plans and building their businesses and they're so concentrated on their brand. And, and what is a brand, right? It's their logo, it's their naming, it's their it's their website looking pretty, it's it's their color scheme. And they're so focused on the brand that they absolutely, totally miss the mark. And and I, I think that we've been trained to think this way, because we really, we follow all of these big fortune 500 companies and, and big marketing companies. And we're like, okay, well, to be successful, we should just do what they do, right? And 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 it's in this top of mind awareness concept that these PR companies and marketing firms have really fed us for years—that um, that's absolutely supposed to be important to us. And I just I just think that it's one of those things that it's just a complete misnomer of where a small business, really with limited budget, typically. I mean, it's not like uh, that most folks even getting into to the real estate sp- space or or even small businesses are coming at this with unlimited funds just to do this big brand awareness campaign when the reality is what what we're doing there is we're sending the wrong message to our target anyway, Is is because we're trying to force our brand and how I always call it ego marketing, right? That's I mean it's it's ego marketing because it makes me feel good. And it's really easy for a marketing and PR company to come in and sell me on how awesome my face is going to look on a billboard or how awesome my logo is going to look on a big billboard, um, but but they have this whole terminology to track this stuff, internal to the marketing and PR companies, by the way, that they call fuzzy analytics. <laughs> so they can't even track this stuff, and they tell me that I'm supposed to feel good about it because it really is buying brain sales and top-of-mind awareness in my audience. But whenever we, I want to see the return on my investment and really want to measure it, they they don't have anything for me to actually track it. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so it's like completely fuzzy analytics, and and I don't I don't know about you, but if I'm actually going to start building a marketing budget and putting together some money into marketing and advertising, I certainly don't want to want to look at the uh, ROI as fuzzy analytics, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Mhm. Yep. I want to I want to I want to I want my marketing to directly bring me a deal or bring me a buyer or bring me a renter. I don't really care if they, you know, know who Vina Jones Cox is. I just I just want a deal. Now, we need to we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the reasons that branding does not work for small real estate investors, that you should stop immediately if that is what you've been focusing your time, energy, and money on, and what does, in fact, work to get you deals and make you money. If you have questions about our topic today of branding and marketing, you can give us a call at 877-772-9658, or you can send us an email by going to askvina.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. We're talking today to Damon Remy about why branding doesn't work, and what to do instead. If you happen to be listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing through our podcast, remember that you can also listen and participate live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time at WMKV 89.3 or WLHS 89.9 in the Greater Cincinnati area, or, of course, live streaming anywhere in the world, and probably, although there would be a delay, anywhere in the solar system at wmkvfm.org. Our numbers here in the studio, 877-772-9658. You can also send an email by going to askvina.com and filling out the little box there that says AskVena a question, if you've got any questions about what we're talking about today. Now, Damon, the the the, the thing is, you know, branding is so imprinted upon us in, in the education. You know, what color is a Coke can? Everybody knows what right. what what color yep. what 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 color is what color is Home Depot? It's orange, right? I mean, what what's the yep. what's the logo of Procter and Gamble? You know, everybody everybody knows these things. So why is it such a big deal if I spend you know five thousand dollars on my um, my mommy buys houses brand and website and logo and 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 and
2: well well, the big question of course is is do you have five thousand dollars to spend you know uh really weekly to build that brand because that's 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 what it takes I mean it takes very very large budgets and uh, large amounts of cash to establish those brands and that's exactly what they've done and and I can assure you they didn't necessarily start off with that I mean McDonald's didn't start off necessarily building their brand with the big m and and my my three year old who can't even read every time we walk we drive by McDonald's she knows <laughs> she knows that it's the McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. They they started off by making great hamburgers at, at first, right? I mean, that's really where they started off, you know, 50, 50 years ago. The, but the challenge for us is, as smaller businesses and especially real estate investors is just the sheer volume of brand messages that we have to compete with and, and how much we have to compete and can we successfully cut through the noise to get the prospect's attention. And even then so... And even then, so how many messages, how many other brands are, are trying to impress upon them the same, the same concept, right? So like, for instance, in my market, I'm very close with, with some of the guys, uh, one of the, the largest uh, home buyers in the country, and just their marketing branding budget on a monthly basis for the St. Louis market alone is about $46,000 a month, right? So, so really, the, that's the big question is, is do you have the, the type of money to compete in that clutter of noise to be able to establish and build your brand. And then and then secondly, and really probably most importantly, is that what is most important to your prospect? You know, what are they actually looking for? And you know, the the, the marketing the marketing world and environment has really shifted in in the last decade. And the consumers have more control and more power than they ever have. I mean, information is readily available at their fingertips with the internet. And, and at the end of the day, they are looking for solutions. And, and most of them are, are probably more focused, especially the solutions and, and the folks that we're targeting as real estate investors. You know, we're talking folks that are in, in distress situations. They need to sell their home quickly. Um, they they may have they may be behind on payments they may be have an inherited house that they they no longer want they needs repairs all of these different types of of scenarios and they're not necessarily concerned if it's Vena that's providing the solution or if it's Damon providing the solution So mm-hmm. they're not concerned about the brand they're just really concerned about the solution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and so that's that's really where we kind of start shifting the marketing is from a, a brand. Approach and attacking and trying to do our brand marketing really to solving their particular problem, and having a very clear intention in most of in well really in all of my ads. So be it online, direct mail, or any other forms. Your advertising must have like really very clear intention. Now, to most of us probably listening on the call, um, most of that most of us probably think that that's really apparent, right? If i'm in if I'm in business and I'm selling widgets well my intention of the ad is to sell the widgets or maybe as a real estate investor my intention is to absolutely buy your house or to um, or to sell the house if if I'm actually marketing a property for sale but in today's environment it's like asking for their hand in marriage on a first date I mean <laughs> you have to get them to make smaller commitments smaller yeses and and that's really the, the job of actually a marketing funnel, right? And so a marketing funnel, and I, I, you know, I like to always say, hey, look, you need to turn that tunnel vision, that tunnel vision of, of brand is so important and really turn it into funnel vision. And so the funnel vision really starts with a couple of key components. And the f- thing that you have to do is you have to narrow your audience, which is completely contradictory to what you're you're taught in your brand marketing, right? In brand marketing and advertising, you're blasting out there. You want everybody to see see your message and get your brand out there, right? Which is very costly, extremely expensive. Um, but on the direct marketing side, the direct response side, we really want to start off by by narrowing our target market. Now, this is actually where most most folks that we consult with. Uh, whether they're investors or small business owners they really actually struggle with this because they feel like if they select just one sol- small target market they feel like that they're leaving so much more money on the table right mm-hmm. and so um and, and 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 by selecting a target market that may be um either by demographics or it could be even geographic uh geographically speaking so so what might a, a target market be well, if I'm, if I'm buying houses, maybe I want to buy houses in a particular area of town or a particular subdivision or neighborhood, right? Um, and so now I want to focus specifically on them. And if I know that I'm ultimately looking to buy additional houses, or maybe I'm a realtor, maybe I'm looking for additional houses, um, if I know that that's what I'm wanting to do now, now I have to really align my ad and, and in my messaging, and I've got to enter in the conversation of, of the prospect's head and ask myself, what what's going on in their head? What are they thinking? What information are they going to seek? What, what information are they seeking right now that will align them with, with my business, with my outcome? So if I'm looking to maybe target a single target market of a particular subdivision or neighborhood... Well, the, the first thing that that, uh, that most folks are doing on the brand side, they're just blasting it out. Here's my company name. You know, I buy houses, I buy houses, I buy houses. But, but really, what's the most important thing that that potential seller, because obviously not everybody in my subdivision or not everybody in that neighborhood is looking to sell their house. So I first need to get them to uh, respond. I need to compel them to respond so that I can identify – uh, and narrow my focus from maybe, you know, in my subdivision, I've probably got about 400, um, probably, well, really about 250 homes, but uh, 400 different people, but about 250 homes in my subdivision. I don't want to spend all the money and and be branding my messaging uh, and, and branding my company to all 250. I would much rather narrow that down and say, can I identify the 10% of people that are likely to sell their home in the next 12 to 24 months, right? Mm-hmm. So that's so, so. the number one question that's really going on in those individuals that are thinking about even potentially selling their home is how much can I get for my house? So even though our, we think that our, our ad or our intention of our advertising is very clear in the fact that we want to buy their house, then we actually change that and when we narrow it. We, we actually redirect that and focus it much more on the prospect. So they have a problem and the problem is, is they don't know how much they can get for their house. And and if they're even remotely thinking about selling their house, that's absolutely um, the first thing that we need to solve for them. So instead of sending out that brand postcard or instead of sending out that brand messaging that says Damon buys houses, I'm the top buyer in the in the area, I pay cash, all that all that brand messaging.
1: I've been I I'm buy really 5% houses out, a month, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: it, they don't care because that five to ten houses is in my house. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, they're only going to do one transaction typically in a situation like that with you, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so can we answer the question? Can we solve the question and basically force them to request the information from us? So they've got to raise their hand, and and we're going to give them a very clear call to action. So, hey, either call us for this information, and we will get you a free report. And in fact, you know, we want, to, we, want to, we want to label, even on the postcard, we want to let them know that this isn't just a report. So like I said, you know, or like you mentioned on the uh, introduction, I live in, in St. Louis. So um, St. Louis is obviously a very big metropolitan area, but I actually live in the community of Clarkson Valley. And then even further narrowing, I actually live in the subdivision of Forest Hills. So instead of sending out a postcard to everybody in St. Louis saying, hey, for your free home value you got St. Louis, we'd actually send it down specifically to Forest Hills, right? And actually send it to say now for your free March 2015 uh, home value guide for Forest Hills, please call me. Here's the number and extension. So typically we want to be able to rec- re- provide a re- uh, free recorded messaging system and that's extremely important so that we can track the calls which means we can now measure the success of this ad campaign or drive them to a landing page. Now this is absolutely where a lot of folks make a huge mistake. You know, instead of driving them to a landing page, and I'll explain that in just a minute, a lot of folks just drive them directly to their main website. Again, their brand website. Now, the, the problem with that is that we've actually already identified that, that they want some very specific relevant information. And so to give the a be- a best example of like uh, landing pages, I always use the example of, of Nike. So I, I grew up uh, with the high school in the like the early '90s, and that was like the the predominant time of Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls winning all their championships. So I'm a big Air Jordan fan. So I always loved Nike Air Jordans. Never could afford them as a kid, um, but if I go into Google and I search Air Jordans, and Nike's not going to send me to the homepage of Nike. Because if they do, I've got to I've got to go to nike.com, and now Nike does so many more things than just shoes. They do apparel, they do both women's apparel, men's apparel, children's apparel. Um, they do you know they've got uh, you know uh, personal fitness devices, tracking devices, all kinds of different stuff. So now I've actually got to click, and the first thing I got to do is I got to go into um, I got to go into men, men's, Now I got to go into shoes. Now in, now I've got to click into shoes. Once I click into shoes, I've got to find, do I want basketball shoes? Do I want football shoes? Do I want running shoes? Do I want, oh, okay, basketball shoes. Okay, click on basketball shoes, and now I've got uh, multiple different choices of basketball shoes. And finally, finally, I can get down to the Air Jordans, right? But that just took me five, six clicks to get to the very specific information that is most relevant to me. And with each click you're losing visitors, you're losing people, right? So that's ultimately the focus and and the reason you want a landing page is that you've already identified their exact target interest. And in this case their target interest is a free home value guide for Forest Hills Subdivision. And and it's actually most recent, it's March 2015. So whenever they go to that page, they that has to be congruent. It has to be consistent. And the other thing, some really important stuff on on landing pages is that you do want to keep the landing page simple. You do want to keep it very simple and naked, which typically means you're not adding additional offers. You're not adding additional, and that's, that's really tough for us as, as business owners and, and folks that are trying to sell our stuff, right? Because, you know, we're inclined to, to, once we get them to our website or once we get them to where we want them to go, now we want them to see everything that we offer. But, but the reality is, is all that's doing is it's just, it's cluttering their mind. It's causing confusion. And a confused mind doesn't take action. And the, the purpose of the landing page, it really has one simple sole purpose, is to get the prospect to actually fill out the form on the landing On the landing page, you will have a form for them to request more information. So now if they want this free report, this free home value guide, they're going to have to give me something of value to me. And Because it's the law of reciprocity, right? And the law of reciprocity is really simple. It simply states that if I'm going to give you something of value, then then you uh, must reciprocate, right? So you must reciprocate. And so if I'm going to give you this valuable piece of information to solve one of the biggest problems that you have right now, which is how much can you get for your house, how much is your home worth right now in Forest Hills subdivision, then I need your name, your phone number, and your email address. And so that is all the landing page is designed to do. Keep it extremely simple. Now, some other mistakes that we see a lot of folks making on their landing pages is you really want to keep the web form uh, short. You don't want to ask for too much information. If, if, if all of a sudden you're asking for, you know, their social security number and their mother's maiden name on that page, then I can tell you right now not, not many folks have, are going to do that, right? Because you haven't established that trust yet, you haven't established that trust. You want to keep, uh, you want to keep the web form above the fold, and what that simply means is that there's a natural fold, and that's basically at the bottom of your screen. So whenever you go to a website, if you see where the screen cuts off, that's the fold. And so if you force them to scroll down to get to the web form to request more information, to to take action, then you will lose visitors. Mm-hmm. And again, we, we, we already mentioned this, but basically removing the navigation to um, to other sections of your website. You know, this is statistically proven time and time again to increase your ROI because you, you really want to keep the prospect focused and not distract them on some other offer that may be really re, re, um, less relevant to them.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. now, now, Damon, we need to we need to take a quick break. Uh, I, I hate to interrupt your flow here because this is all very, very good stuff. I also want to, once again, invite listeners who have questions about branding, landing pages, best ways to get responses, etc. To either give us a call at 877-772-9658 or to uh, send us an email. You can go to askvina.com. You will see a response form there that says... Vina a question, fill that out, tell us where you're writing from and hit the send button. We'll get it here in the studio. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. You can always stay in touch with Real Life Real Estate on Facebook at facebook.com slash real life real estate radio or better yet by joining our little subscribers list at askvena.com. Most weeks we have a special gift for subscribers that just comes out with the weekly email or that you can find at askvina.com. And you just don't want to miss the information we're sending out each week. This week uh, we sent out an awesome article by Damon about uh, branding and different ways of putting together funnels and things like that 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 you could actually have in your hands right now if you were a subscriber at askvina.com now damon uh, as you were as you were talking earlier about branding and how it's not nearly as effective as giving people what they want instead of what you want in our business <laughs> i was i was I, I was thinking of an example you mentioned that uh in St Louis there is a large home buyer who I'm guessing is a franchisor of a very famous yep. company that is based yep. in Texas, yep. and those guys have spent. Ten, maybe fifteen years, attempting to build that brand, and they, you know, they're 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 folks who, you know, they they they're folks out in the general public who know who they are. So it's to some extent that has been effective. But I remember a few years ago when we had one of those franchises here in town, someone calling my office and saying, "You were supposed to come out and see my property on Friday," and I said, "Okay." (laughs) Um, I'm really sorry. Uh, what, what address was that? Cause I knew perfectly well, Yeah, there's only two of us in the office. I knew perfectly well we didn't have an appointment on Friday and the the gal gave me the address and I said, well, who did you talk to? And she named a name I'd never heard of. And I, and I said, I'm really, I'm really sorry about that. You know, uh, Fred, we fired Fred, you know, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make another appointment, uh, with you. Now, where did you hear about us? And she said, well, you had the billboard. I didn't have a billboard. That was that other company yeah, that. that had the billboard and what happened was she then she then saw maybe one of our, you know, dollar bandit signs or something, you know, got a got a letter from us and thought that we were all the same company. Right? And instead yep. of calling back the company yeah. who had actually generated the lead, she just called the nearest phone number she found from somebody who buys houses and just thought you know we were all the same big company i mean in in our little worlds of our RIA groups and our seminars and so on we put such huge importance on this you know if i lived in st louis i bet you money i'd know the name of your company but
2: you know, yeah, yeah, right i mean that's the it's so it's so funny though it's 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 ironic how much emphasis we put on it and we think it's so important and we think everybody's going to know and they're they're going to remember it after seeing it one or two times but i think statistically speaking um i think the last stats i saw were somewhere in the neighborhood of 4 to 5000 brand messages a day that that we're hit with
1: mm-hmm. well and and our customers are a particular kind of customer right i mean if if i'm a yeah. if i'm a, if i'm a customer of a, home, of a of a hardware store i'm going to go to that hardware store over and over and over again because i will repeatedly need stuff from them exactly if yep. i'm selling a house If, 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 if at this moment in my life, I am not a desperate seller of a house, I don't care how many times you hit me with your great brand message. I'm not going to even see it. It's not going to mean anything to me and I'm not going to go, Oh, well, Hey, if I ever get desperate, I'll be sure and call them. I'm only going to see it the day I really become motivated to sell my house anyway. And then I sell you my house and then I don't have another house to sell. (laughs) We have like one-time customers. So even if, even if we really got it through people's heads that, hey, if you ever happen to get desperate to sell a house, call me, they would then do it once. And it's so much cheaper and easier just to get them when they decide to sell, as opposed to trying to get that message in their head, you know, five years before they realize that they're going to have to sell.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you gotta you got to narrow the audience, you know. And in the, in the uh, example that we talked about with the postcard and mailing it out and offering the free home value guide, now basically, I mail that to everybody in my subdivision. Well, not everybody is interested in knowing exactly what their house is worth if i'm if I'm you know for me actually you know the house that I'm in now this is my this is my twenty year home this is my thirty year home I mean until I'm ready to downsize, I'm probably not moving I'm probably not looking to sell my house. so I really have no interest necessarily other than the fact that I'm in the business maybe that to know exactly what my house is worth today. but those folks that are interested in knowing what their house is worth. There's a high likelihood, the reason they're interested in knowing is that there's a likelihood that they may sell their home in the next 6, 12, 24 months. And so now we take this big audience of several hundred, we narrow it down to to maybe 10% of that, and now, interestingly enough, now I can actually spend more money and raise the impression value on a smaller, much more targeted audience and then provide them the exact information they want. Now, I'm not saying brand is absolutely just, you know, you don't need a company name and you don't need a brand and you don't need a, a professional appearance. I mean, that stuff is important, but it's now, once I've actually got their attention, once I've actually narrowed their focus, now it's my job to deliver, educate, and motivate them on whatever topic it was that that allowed me to narrowly focus on them. And by doing so, now I'm, now I'm delivering the content from me, my company name, my branding, and I'm, I'm now establishing that credibility and expertise um, with a much, much smaller audience.
1: And now they're paying attention because they asked for it.
2: Exactly. Exactly. They wanted it. You know, and they, they've raised their hands. They're, they're in need of the information. They want the information. They've raised their hands. They've identified themselves. And now it's my job to make sure that I educate and motivate them and give them exactly what they requested.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So, now, the, the reason that most of us don't go, go this route in the marketing side of things is really, it's, it's probably easier mentally to just think about, okay, well, i just got to get my brand messaging out there, right? Whereas, it's, and, and this, it's, it's a much easier process because that's that's like, seems like, okay, I've just got one marketing campaign for my entire company. It's like, we buy houses, okay? So I want to let everybody know that we buy houses. And in order to do more of the direct response marketing and, and to give them the information and allow them to request additional information, you have to break it down like I said earlier in the, in the single target market now that doesn't mean that you don't go focus you know like for instance on sellers we've got we've got sellers come in different flavors you know it's not just one flavor of seller I mean we got folks that are you know behind on payments and facing foreclosure that is an absolutely distressed situation and then on a complete different type of seller we've got somebody that may have lost a loved one inherited a home maybe it needs additional work it's outdated they don't they don't know what to do with it they don't necessarily have any ties or anything else to the, to the home, and they just really want to sell it for the cash. But that's completely two different messages as well, right? So they're, they're requesting different information, right? And it's a different process. I don't communicate the same way, you know, on, the, on the, somebody that's behind on the payments and they're for, facing foreclosure, they're not necessarily concerned with how much money can I get for my house. I mean, they're already beyond that how much money can I get for my house. And their real need is how can I actually recover from foreclosure? How can I maybe even possibly avoid foreclosure? And and probably even more importantly, where the heck am I gonna live if if my if I do lose my home to foreclosure? Mm-hmm. So can I can I provide them information to really guide them and navigate them through the whole foreclosure process? And then on the other side, the flip side, on the on the probate side, on the folks that have inherited a home. Again, they've got a complete different needs set, too. They've got different information that they want. You know, they're trying to navigate. It's not like you inherit a house every other week. I mean, this is, you know, for most of us, probably a once-in-a-lifetime type situation that we're not dealing with every day. So there's a lot of, lot of moving parts to that. So could I provide them value in maybe a consumer guide to selling a home that you inherited, right, that you no longer want? And here's where the magic, and this is like, it seems like a simple process, and it really is. I mean, it's a simple strategy. But where where the magic really, really, truly happens is that you ultimately become, what you have is you, you end up creating multiple different funnels or channels for each different type of business that you're going to do. You then hone in on that message, but the best part is, is if you have the landing pages to start attracting and, and capturing and and uh, gathering this inbound traffic, then there's a lot of automation that really happens, right? I mean, technology today is pretty phenomenal. Uh, in the things that you can actually automate and have systems in place to automatically take care of for you. And once they actually go and they request the information, they should automatically be captured in your database. But more importantly, they're segmented. So now I know all the folks that are actually behind on their payments and facing foreclosure, and they're interested in this, in this message, so therefore that needs to be my message, that needs to be how I educate, that needs to be my focus of, of uh, the educational information that I provide to them. And now inside my database, all of the folks that are have an inherited a home in probate, now they're, they're segmented into my database. So that when I log in, I don't just see a whole list of sellers. I should really be able to see in my database who is, who is for, facing foreclosure and who's facing probate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And at at that point, that then changes the dynamic. And and by the way, whenever you do that and you're able to really target your messaging, your actual ROI increases dramatically. Very, very true.
1: (laughs) Very true. Uh, Now, listen, Damon, we need to take one more break. And then I have got a pile of questions here that folks have sent through the com website that I'd like to uh, get to before the end of the program. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Veena Jones-Cox, talking today to Damon Remy from REI Black Book, who uh, is going to be speaking at tomorrow night's Cincinnati REA meeting. For those of you that are actually here in the area, you might want to check that out, com. He's going to be demonstrating some software that manages this process that we're talking about here of the the funnels and the squeeze pages and the, you know, who, who contacted me and did I contact them back and when and all of that sort of thing. So again, more information at Cincinnatiriacom Now, Damon, I've got a couple of questions that have come in here from uh, listeners via email. Uh, the first one is from Christine, who is in Covington, Kentucky and Christine says, I, I need him to clarify something. Is he sending out mail and asking people to go to a squeeze page, or is this online advertising that is driving them to a squeeze page?
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, the answer is both. The, the answer is both. And so that's actually a very common question. And sometimes we get really lost in uh, if we're doing some sort of display ads, which might be even a billboard or uh, TV commercials or newspaper ads and things like that. That we can't use these exact same techniques and principles right if I go buy a billboard then there's just a natural part of me that just really wants to put my logo up there and make it all about me but you can do the exact same thing in both your display ads and even your online ads as well now online ads get a little bit trickier simply because um, Facebook and Google which are really two of the primary sources of of what we call our pay-per-click ads you only pay um, whenever somebody clicks on your advertisement that shows up whenever they go search uh, for the information they're looking for, um, they have some a little bit more stricter rules on what a landing page can and can't do. So there's there's some restrictions there on the online stuff, but it absolutely works in both forms, whether it's direct mail, postcards, yellow letters, billboards, TV, radio, or um, even just online ad. So b- both forms work.
1: Very good. Uh, Kirk from Minneapolis says, I'm really fascinated by the idea of a pricing guide for a particular neighborhood. My question is, where do you actually get the prices? They can go on Zillow themselves. Why is this any benefit? And if it is one, how can I put one together for my subdivision?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the one thing that I would say, and, and you can actually use Zillow against itself, you can actually go and look, um, and Zillow has all kinds of articles that they've actually produced and published themselves that basically say, "Hey, don't trust our data." <laughs> um, so, so, so they themselves tell you not to trust their data. Um, but, uh, but the the real the real piece is it's it's not it's not that difficult. If if you're a licensed realtor, if you've got your license, then ultimately, really, what you're looking to do is provide them all of the data that. Um, that was sold in that particular neighborhood. You're, you might go back six months. You might go back 12 months, and then here's the cool opportunity on that particular strategy. Now you have the opportunity to hit them with a physical mailer every single month and just give them an update of all of everything that's happened in their in their particular subdivision or their marketplace, and and of course you include other you know other stuff that's going to help you. Um, it's going to help uh, again align them and provide them value information. So. Maybe you include additional reports as you go, as you're updating them on the new uh, properties that have sold and new comparables. Maybe you're, you're updating them, giving them reports on, you know, what they should, uh, what, what are maybe some of the top things to do to prepare their home for sale, right? Maybe it's how to work with an investor. Why would you work with an investor versus a realtor? So you can start providing them all of those types of educational information. And, and at that point, it's really mm-hmm. becomes valuable to them. And it's not just some other, you know, postcard that I get hit in the mail and it just becomes junk mail, right? All of a sudden you get sorted to the top of the mail pile. A
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, question from Karen from SK. Is that Saskatchewan? What is SK? I guess maybe Karen's Karen's listening to us in Canada. I told you you could listen anywhere in the world where there's an internet connection. <laughs> Uh, Karen says, I'm a little confused about this thing about teaching people how to sell their houses or what the house prices are. Of course, I want to pay less than what houses are selling for in the neighborhood, and I don't want to give them good advice about how to get higher prices for their homes. As an investor, how does this help me?
2: Well, the, the, first, the first thing it does is it helps you identify uh, prospects that could potentially need to sell their home before, A, they go get a a realtor, before they go list, and now you actually can can control the conversation. And that is the name of the game, right? You've identified somebody that could potentially sell their home before they're actually out there listing with a realtor, talking. So that's really the nature of the game. You want to get there first so you can control the dialogue, you can control that conversation, and then you can educate and direct them into uh, your services. And Now, the other flip side of that is that not everybody that responds to that type of advertising or anything else is going to need to sell for uh, pennies on the dollar, okay? They're not going to be in distress situations, things like that. So sometimes, yeah, it's, it's a matter of still doing the right thing, um, and maybe it's just a simple referral to a realtor, which, mm-hmm. by the way, will still – that's that's still a win for you because then that's um, a very symbiotic relationship that you want to be able to establish with your realtors. So mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. now
2: the thing to keep in mind is, this this approach and this strategy is not just for sellers. It's it's really I mean honestly it's it's for any type of business whether you're selling widgets or whether you're looking for buyers or whether you're looking for tenants or renters. It's all uh, very similar practices and approaches to build this funnel and provide them the information that aligns with what their they need. I mean, they want this
1: information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I mean, it, it, so the the limitation with with radio as a teaching tool is, of course, we have no visuals that people can can look at here. Yeah. And and yeah. and and Karen, it's it's much easier when you're when you're watching Damon show this on a computer screen because I think what you might be perceiving is that you're like I don't know, packing up a book and sending it to people, and really a lot of this stuff is is automated. I mean, if the, if the if if somebody who is not at all interested in selling their house at a discounted price cuz they're they're sellers but they're not distressed sellers requests this report online it just goes to them you don't you don't yep. you don't have to do something and then the follow up emails that say hey if you want want to sell quickly i might be interested in buying your house those also all go out automatically this is this is a different world than the idea of you know everything I have to i'm doing I have to pack up and put an envelope and put a stamp on it and you know personally respond to it and so on it's all set up with auto responders and all sorts of cool stuff so uh, if we you know if we were on t v instead of on the radio, it would be easier uh for to to sort of demonstrate that but but that's that's sort of the way it is and Damon unfortunately, we are just about out of time here, so I'm going to uh once again say that folks who are in the greater Cincinnati area even if you're in you know dayton lexington it's a, worth a drive up to Cincinnati Rhea tomorrow night to check out uh, Damon's full presentation with all the audio and visual stuff, you know, up on the screen, uh, to get a better grip on this. But I do really appreciate uh, the lesson that you have given us about not wasting our time and money working so hard on branding and instead going for the leads. That
2: is, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for for your time. Thank and-
1: you. And thank you for joining us. We will be be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.